He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a hot July day. Woo, man, it's a it's baking out there, isn't it? Listen, if you got guys working on your roof or under your house, or you know, if if you got some guys framing you up a new house, you've been waiting to build your dream home in the hill country, and you just sold your place in Houston, and you're you're watching these guys out there framing, man, give them a break, bring them some Gatorades, bring them lemonade, something, treat them a little special, be a little extra nice to them. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, bring them a cold one at the, uh, end of the day. You know, I'd even let them off at four, you know, none of this, uh, th- this is crazy times. So be careful to those folks, uh, uh, those workers out there that uh, do all these kind of jobs. Listen, I've been there, spent a lot of my life out in the summers in this, and just uh, so I'm telling you, have a little mercy on those guys, will you? All right, let's uh, get to our calendar. By the way, we got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to have Lieutenant Colonel Allen West on the air here in about six minutes. Pastor Greg at the bottom of the hour, and uh, it was funny once again. Pastor Greg and did our we did our Monday evening call and. After 30 or 40 minutes of visiting, uh, I think Pastor Greg stopped and said, so what are we going to talk about tomorrow? So that's uh, that's a regular Monday. I, you know, Pastor Greg said we need to record those calls. So we may, uh, we may start doing that just sometime just for the fun of it. But uh, anyway, on your calendar, Thursday the 14th, the 14th, that's this Thursday, isn't it? Man, this month is flying by. Thursday, the 14th at 6.30, down in Austin at the Hilton Garden Inn downtown. Gun Owners of America is going to have a little get-together, and they're going to be introducing to you their new uh, Texas uh, uh, leader, and that would be our good friend, Wes Verdell. You need to go uh, meet. If you don't know Wes, you need to get to know him, and if you're a 2A uh, Second Amendment uh, person, if that's the burr under your saddle, then these are the folks you need to start working with up at the Capitol. The, um, over the past few years, when we've been at the Capitol trying to get uh, constitutional carry, which uh, eventually turned into permitless carry, uh, some people are still calling it constitutional carry. I can't go there uh, quite yet, but if you're getting, uh, um, if uh, the folks that have been fighting that up at the uh, Capitol, and listen, we're up there. Our guys are up there. I'm up there and have been for several sessions now. And uh, I never once saw the NRA up there. Not once did I see anybody stand up and testify that they were the NRA. Um, I, I just never saw them. They were not present. Now, that doesn't mean they weren't there. But when all the testimony was going on, it would be one after another from Gun Owners of America, GOA. These guys are actually fighting for your Second Amendment rights, and uh, we've got them, watched them. I got to know them when Rachel Malone was uh, head of the Texas uh, Org. She is now part of the national organization. And then her good friend and, and our good friend, Felicia Bull, 
uh, was uh, the head of the Texas for a while. She is now in communications. And Wes Verdell, another good friend, is now the head of the Texas GOA. Let me tell you, you couldn't find a better Second Amendment uh, defenders group in the state of Texas. I'm proud to have worked with them and proud to uh, be able to say that uh, Wes Verdell is a good friend and is going to be doing a great job as a GOA. So that's Thursday at the Hilton Garden Inn downtown in Austin at 630. Um, also Sunday, 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 Sunday. Looking forward to this one. Uh, NoTimeToRun.com, the movie that uh, No Time to Run, and I've been telling you about this for over a year. Um, as uh, it came out in the middle of the pandemic, the Kung Flu pandemic, and uh, so they're finally getting a really good release on this movie, and uh, we're actually going to have uh, the executive director is going to be uh, uh, on the air with us tomorrow, and then Thursday I have another interview lined up, and so we're going to be hearing from these guys, but uh, we've got David Clark coming in, uh, Sheriff David Clark from Milwaukee. We have... Um, uh, we've got, uh, oh yeah, um, George Washington, President Washington is going to give us a State of the Union 2022 address, and uh, oh yeah, the American Idol gal who's going to be singing, and uh, oh yeah, and then the movie, No Time to Run. Go check out, you need tickets, go to notimetorun.com, notimetorun.com. Also, we kicked off our sales for the Fredericksburg Tea Party's Boots and Barbecue and the Border. This year's theme is the border, boots and barbecue and the border. Got great uh, great speakers, Jason Jones, Wade Miller, Congressman Chip Roy, uh, Don Huffines. We've got all kinds of VIP guests. The, uh, the recipient of, the, uh, of the, the, uh, a portion of these funds is going to go to Alliance for a Safe Texas, which is uh, headed up by Sheena Rodriguez, Sheena the Firecracker Rodriguez. Uh, Wes Verdell's going to be there. George Rodriguez, Terry Hall, uh, Roger, George and Maria Hammerline, all kinds of awesome people going to be there. Get your tickets. Go to the FredericksburgTeaParty.org website or go to Eventbrite and search Fredericksburg Tea Party. Um, the, uh, let me give you a little Ben Franklin, and then we're going to take a short break. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. This is one you probably all know. The worst wheel of the cart makes the most noise. When you're in your uh, company meeting today, uh, see if you can just look around and see who the worst wheel is in your company. Y'all folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. All right, folks, we are back. And I have uh, on the line with me uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. Good morning, Mr. West. Good morning. How are you doing, Matt, and to everyone there in your listening audience? Oh, we're doing great. Listen, it's hotter than, uh, what was that, uh, a snake's belly in a wagon rut? I think that was what I remember from Good Morning uh, Vietnam. So um, our our mutual friend, Wayne Musgrove, uh, God bless Wayne and Betty Musgrove. Let me tell you, some awesome Hill Country residents in and true yeah. patriots and and uh, Wayne called me the other day and says, "Matt, you got to get uh, Alan West on the radio with you." And I said, "Okay, <laughs> we'll be glad." Did I do a good uh, do a good Wayne Musgrove there? Yeah, I, I enjoy Wayne, and as a matter of fact, I'll be seeing him and Betty 
uh, later on today, they're going to be up here uh, in North Texas, in Burleson, Texas, so I'm going to have lunch with them. And then I'll be heading back down to uh, Fredericksburg tomorrow uh, because, uh, you know, beginning of the month, uh, Joe Davis, uh, the former Texas Ranger Association and Foundation, and I'm a member of the tech, former Texas Ranger Foundation, asked me to uh, help them and, you know, continuing to raise the funds for the Phase 2 of the Texas Ranger Heritage Center there in Fredericksburg, Texas. And so I accepted that. And so uh, we're going to raise the funds so we can get that 26,000 interactive uh, museum and also uh, display that is done there. And, and I think it's going to be a great thing for the area because when you look at phase one is already completed with the pavilion there, the uh, outdoor amphitheater, the bell tower, and, of course, the statues that are there. Uh, the phase two will really tell the heritage and the history of the Rangers and uh, Fort Martin Scott is right next door. And that was uh, a place where Rangers used to uh, hang out. And, uh, you know, you have Enchanted Rock, which was the place of an engagement, a Ranger engagement there. And then Walker's Creek, not too far away from Fredericksburg also. So there's a lot of uh, tied in Ranger history there. And I'm just honored to be part of this endeavor. That uh, that sound, you know, I, honestly, this is the first I've heard of this. This is great. You, the uh, Fredericksburg Tea Party and other organizations I've been with have uh, used uh, that facility out there, and it's just an amazing facility, mm-hmm. and uh, we've really enjoyed that. And so they're adding a 26,000-square-foot museum. Is that what I understood? Yeah, it's going to not just have, you know, artifacts, memorabilia, things of that nature, but it's going to also be an interactive uh, facility where, you know, through holograms and things of that nature, you will have Texas Rangers and you will have the history that plays out right before you so that you can see it and be a part of it. And so it's a state-of-the-art facility that's going to be there, and we're just looking forward to it. And the big thing is next year is the 200th anniversary of the founding of the Texas Rangers, uh, first founded in 1823. And so we want to be able to get the uh, the shovels into the ground and, and start building that uh, facility. But we will tell you that August the 6th, if you're not doing anything in the Fredericksburg Hill Country area, come by the uh, Phase 1, the uh, – the pavilion there on August the 6th, because that was the day uh, in 1823. Uh, well, that was the day when Sam Houston, uh, I mean, no, I'm all right. This Stephen F. Austin, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. In 1823, asked for the first Texas Rangers, first 10. So August the 6th, we're going to have Texas Ranger Days down there. And so we're going to have some, again, displays, artifacts, memorabilia, things of that nature. And I'll be talking about the uh, the Ranger Heritage Center, because really what we need to have, you know, Matt, long-term, we have got to get those values, those character traits of the Rangers back inculcated into our society and our culture, especially our young people. Uh, determination, dedication, courage, respect, integrity. I, I think those are the type of things we want to have, and we want to expose the kids, and uh, also the Lone Star Academy will continue on and the Junior Ranger program will continue on, but we'll have a great facility where we can make that happen. Man, that is, uh, that's, very, that's very exciting. So when we go to that property now, is there going to be, is that going to, uh, what part of that property is going to be, uh, is that going to be on? So I'm standing in the, uh, in the, the, the pavilion there. Is it going to be a building mm-hmm. I can see from there? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, if you know where the, 
the uh, bronze statue of the four generations of Texas Rangers are right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that building will be right behind it. Oh, and okay. So it's kind of like, yeah, in between the parking lot where you have and, uh, and Barron's Creek. Okay. All right. Looking forward to that. So August 6th, Texas Ranger Days. Um, is there something happening this weekend? Uh, not this weekend that I know of, and, and I'll be down there Wednesday. And, but uh, if there is something happening this weekend, I'll let you know. But right now the big event coming up will be August the 6th, which, like I said, is the uh, remembrance of the, the day when Stephen F. Austin asked for those first 10 Rangers. And think about how incredible that was that, you know, 10 men stepped up and said that we'll go out there and we'll – uh, you know, range and patrol the, the territory in the area to make sure that the settlers, uh, those first settlers, will be uh, safe and protected from, especially the uh, the Comanche Raiders at that time. Mm. You know, you mentioned uh, values in our kids. We are, I think, one of the things that has come to the forefront in the culture in this uh, country in the last couple of years has been the fact that we are we're seeing now parents started seeing what's happening in the classrooms uh, while we had the yeah. lockdowns and uh, we are parents are discovering that values <laughs> they're just getting tossed out the window or the values they're mm-hmm. teaching are not the values that match with the parents um you mentioned something about working with kids um do y'all have a is there plans do you work with high schools do you go in with uh with with uh, 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 history classes, or do you have plans for anything yeah. like that? No, absolutely. That is happening right now because, as you know, uh, fourth and seventh graders, that's where uh, Texas history is being taught. And the sad thing, which history is being taught, but we have a curriculum that talks about the Texas Ranger history for fourth and seventh graders. But what we really want to do in, in a long-term vision, I talked to Joe Davis about that uh, is that when you think about Fort Martin Scott that's right there, if we can then, you know, get some uh, old, you know, barracks type of buildings put there, not not anything rustic, but, you know, we can have kids come down for a weekend or in the summer spend a week, and right there they can stay at Fort Martin Scott. They can go over and they can get, you know, more education and training and history of the Texas Rangers. And once again, we can talk to them about those values because, Right now, when when you see this disconnect, especially in our urban centers, in our inner cities, we need to do better in letting people know that law enforcement is not your enemy. And, you know, there's only 166 uh, rangers across the state of Texas. Wouldn't it be great if we had a burning desire in some of these young people to be part of that elite organization, which is one of the oldest statewide law enforcement agencies in the world. It is the oldest here in North uh, North America, even older than uh, Canadian Rocky uh, Mounted Police, the hmm. Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. How about that? That's you know, older. Uh, a lot of people who've moved to uh, uh, Texas, um, they hear Texas Rangers, and uh, it's either a baseball team or something mm-hmm. old school. Um, that Texas does not have a Texas Bureau of Investigation. They have yeah. the Texas Rangers. Now, am I correct on that? That's what I've thought for all these years, that Texas Rangers are essentially what we would call the Texas Bureau of Investigation. Am I, am I correct on that? No, you're, you're absolutely right. They are, without a doubt, a preeminent uh, criminal investigation agency, uh, and, and that is how their mission has 
you know, morphed into the 20th and 21st century. But also, you go back and you look at some of the things that the Rangers were involved in, like I said, going out and being part of the protecting of the frontier. Uh, you think about the uh, expeditions that they did, the Mir expedition back 1842, when uh, they actually uh, left the Republic of Texas to go to better secure our borders with uh, Mexico and those expeditions are something uh, that's part of Ranger history. But then also uh, the participation that you saw in later events, you know, prohibition uh, with quelling riots, things of this nature, uh, Frank Hamer, and of course uh, the Texas Rangers who tracked and ended up killing Bonnie and Clyde over in Louisiana. So it's a rich history that we have. But yes, today, it's a preeminent uh, criminal investigation agency here in the state of Texas, but you also have Texas Rangers that are down there on the border right now. Mm, 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 mm. So August 6th, um, and uh, that will be a celebration, Texas Ranger Days. Um, put Folks, yep. get that on your calendar. As we get closer to that, we'll uh, get uh, uh, Colonel West back on the air with us uh, to promote that a little bit more. Um, I have to listen. I have to. I can't. I can't help myself. I have to change the subject here before we go out. But uh, you yeah. gotten back on your motorcycle anytime recently? No. You know, uh, I am a walking miracle because you know, two years ago Memorial Day weekend to get struck from behind on a motorcycle going seventy five miles per hour on an interstate highway, you don't walk away from that. And yeah. I'm just so thankful and gracious to God and. You know, when I looked at the fact that my wife and my daughters, you know, the phone call they got was, you know, your husband, your dad's been in a motorcycle accident. He's in a hospital in Waco. That's that's the only news. And so it's very stressful for them to have to drive from up here in Garland, Texas, for an hour and a half down to Waco. And so mm-hmm. I rode for a little over 30 years, Matt, and uh, I got some great memories. But, you know, God gave me a second lease on life, and so I just got to live for for His purpose and continue to be obedient to Him. And so I'm not riding a motorcycle anymore, and uh, but I do have a fantastic Jeep Gladiator, so I enjoy that. Ooh, there you go. All right. Well, Mr. West, we're looking forward to seeing you, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on the air before August 6th. And uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. You know, we have so many, we see so many politicians or people that run for office. We see so many people that run for office, and the only time we ever see them is every two years for when they're running from office. And you are one of the exceptions to that. We see you between running, we see you out doing good in the community, and we want to thank you for that, sir. It's my pleasure. And please, everyone, go to www.com. TRHC.org. That stands for Texas Ranger Heritage Center.org. And uh, you can just see the vision of what we're looking to do down there in Fredericksburg. There you go. TRHC.org. And again, uh, Colonel West, thank you so much for taking the time today. My pleasure. All right. See you down there, Matt. All right. There you go. So, folks, we're um, trhc.org check it out i'm gonna go check it out i want to see what this uh, new center is going to be like and uh, folks we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back with uh, pastor greg and go nationwide
watching my clock on my board, and uh, I guess my, uh, anyway, one of my pieces of equipment decided to, uh, you know, just not work. Why not? <laughs> we'll just, you know, <laughs> we'll just take it. We're taking a break. So I'm, I'm watching the sound gauge, and it's bouncing, right? Uh-huh. But the, but the, t- but the timer is not playing. So I'm like, okay, well, what, 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 what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? There you so go. That's like going, Hey, are you, are you going to, are you going to jump in here? Are you, are you just gonna, <laughs> what are you doing? Taking, taking a, taking a break, taking a vacation. What's going on? All right. So I don't know what the deal is anyway. Uh, welcome. So good to have all of you with me. Thanks for joining us here at Jordan generation radio. We welcome the Hill country Patriot radio audience and uh, the Matt Long Show, and we welcome uh, the man, the myth, and the legend himself, Mr. Matt Long. Matt, good to have you. Thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Pastor Greg. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, so big brouhaha, uh, retired Army general suspended from his mentor job for mocking Joe Biden. And so, uh, so here, here's what I wrote, Matt, and, and, and just, you know, tell me your thoughts on this, but what's the, so, so the daily mail writes that, you know, he, he was, it was offensive. What he said, this is high paying. He made offensive remarks hmm. regarding the first lady. Okay. So I wrote what's offensive is fake news that doesn't think a woman who last month did not know what a woman is being angry that with this revelation, she's devastated. Women can't kill women anymore. Mm. That's offensive to me. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, right. It's offensive. What's offensive about that is killing babies. Killing women is what's offensive to me. Um, but yeah, the fact that, uh, he lost his job over this, didn't he? Yes. Yes. He was he was dismissed from his position for for what they called mocking her. Wow, you know we uh, uh, you know I was always growing up when I was when I was a teenager. I you would hear the line: "These kids today, they got no respect." What's this world coming to? Next thing you know, cats and dogs are going to be sleeping together. And you know what? It's all coming true, isn't it? it? We we are living in an insane times, and especially when when people are objecting so heavenly to a Supreme Court decision that all it did was move the choice back to the people and back to the states, and the insanity and and the junk fake news that's coming out of this, Pastor Greg. Um, and and options you mentioned uh, you mentioned yesterday there was talk about um, providing um, uh, abortions on military bases because that's federal property so they could come into uh, a military base in Texas and uh, and perform abortions there and and just invite the public onto the military base for um, abortions have, have you found that. Uh, that rumor to be true or any anything real to that or do you have a fear of that actually happening my understanding and there was a follow-up article in the uh epic times about that and from what i understand what the pentagon came out and made the statement was is that under conditions where a woman's life is at risk 
or there has been uh, a, a, a rape or the, you know, the doctor has determined that, that the abortion is medically necessary, that the military bases will continue to provide those services, which they say is something that, that that's the guidelines that they have been following all along. Nothing has changed with regards to those guidelines. Um, so now, you know, the other side of that is, is the question of, you know, what does the doctor decide, uh, you know, according to, uh, James Thorpe, a friend of mine who is a, a gynecologist who, uh, works in that field, you know, that there, there is, I mean, the percentage of women who have life threatening pregnancies that require that kind of an intervention is, is a minuscule, minuscule number. I actually even saw one guy that, and I can't verify for sure, but he said that he was a gynecologist that had been practicing for 30 years, and in 30 years he'd never performed one of those procedures. You know, Dr. Ben Carson uh, came out a couple of years on that, when, a couple of years ago on that when that was uh, being discussed, and he said the very same thing. He said that it was so rare these days. He said we have the ability these days to save the mom and the baby, which we have not been able to do, say, 20 or 30 or 50 years ago. And and so even uh, Dr. Carson came out and said, listen, this is so rare as to almost be non-existent. And so there's a little bit of the uh, uh, more fake news that we get that we're going to let pe- let women die. Uh, the other one I think is probably the worst one, the ectopic uh, pregnancies where people have said, oh, they're just going to let women die with a... No, every state has an exception to that. And uh, it's just that this... Uh, how do we get the word out to people that none of this is actually happening? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing, and I talked about this in my first segment with Cheryl Chumley about elections, okay? Do you remember the last time that the press and the Democrats said that a Republican was legitimately elected president? <laughs> I'm not sure. 2016 was stolen, remember? So no, 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 I know, but, 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 I'm, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm just asking, do, can, you, can you remember... The last time that the that the Democrats and the press said that the that the Republican that was that was voted in as president was legitimate. I, I can't remember. Honestly, I can't. I couldn't even tell you. I, I understand because it was 1988 and it was George H.W. Bush. OK. All right. That's there you the go. last time that the Democrats and the press agreed that there was a legitimate president that was voted in that was Republican. That's it, 1988. So if you are under the age of 50, you have not lived in a time when Democrats accepted the results of the, of, of the presidential election that, that, that were not in favor of a Democrat. Wow. And they're not accepting the decision of the uh, Supreme Court now. We've got DAs all over the state of Texas in our metropolitan areas who are saying, we're going to ignore, we're, we're, we're going to disregard what the Supreme Court is saying. We, we're, uh, we're just not going to do that. Where, where do you think Texas is going to 
What do you think Texas's answer to that should be and or is going to be? Well, I hope that Texans in those areas are going to, by, by their vote, remove those district attorneys from their places of office. I hope that Ken Paxton is going to take a stand and say that they are now illegitimate and, and enforce the full weight of, of the legal powers of the state of Texas. But it's interesting to note that in Arizona, where they had the, uh, the, the, the at conception bill was, was just, they, they wanted to, to put that through and a stay was put on that in Arizona by a federal judge. Now, if you read the rest of the story, what you understand is, is that it's, it is that the bill is written to, to what many consider, even even those that are a part of that, saying eh, it's a little bit ambiguous. We need to believe we need to tighten up our language a little bit more. But it's very similar to bills that have been passed in places like uh, Georgia and Alabama and a couple of other states across the country as well. So you know this this is going to be an interesting go on. But I think the point of this is. And the media is not going to let this go out. So you and I and others like us with our platforms have got to continue to educate. And I know, you know, 11 years I've been at this doing this program. We both have been at this grassroots thing for a long time. And we came in behind people that have been doing this for, you know, at, at that point, probably seven, eight years before us. Mm-hmm. And so many of them said, we're so tired of the education. We need people to act. Well, I understand that. But when you have what I just pointed out as a truth, everyone under the age of 50 has been inundated and indoctrinated to believe we haven't had a legitimate Republican president. Mm, 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 mm. Man, I'm, that kind of scares me for what comes up in uh, two years there's a whole lot of speculation. We don't even have time to go into it, but uh, is Biden going to run again? Is uh, is Kamala going to run for man? I'm telling you what, they are running circles on the Democrat side. They have completely lost faith in their own guy, and uh, now they're frantic. I, after after uh, seeing 2,000 mules or after knowing what 2,000 mules is about, I, can anybody trust the next election? Sixty-four percent of Biden's own party suggest that he not run in 2024, and that they need to find another candidate. Wow, that's uh, that's a pretty strong message. Sixty-four percent, and and that's in the that's not that's in the New York Times. Hmm. Yeah, and those guys a uh, New York yeah. Times poll, and you know that's they're gonna stunning. yeah they're they're gonna lean toward the Democrats. So that's that's wild. It really is. Matt, God bless you. God bless Texas. God bless the people of the hill country of Texas. Remember this. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Stay strong, folks. We win. We win! Right, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, 
Got a little bit more. Some of the points that we uh, that I wrote down last night about um, uh, about this whole abortion insanity that's going on. Um, first of all, the story. If you haven't heard this yet, um, the story about the ten-year-old who was six weeks and three days pregnant in uh, Ohio and needed to go to Indiana for a, an abortion. If you haven't heard the news yet, that was all, there is no way to back that story up. No way. And not just uh, conservative news sources, but even very liberal news sources are finally coming out and saying that is a, that was just pure, uh, uh, yeah, that was all just made up. Uh, Pure hokum, just made right up out of the blue, and uh, there's no proof that that ever happened. So please don't allow that story to continue going around. Um, the other, uh, the other. let's see, a couple of more things. Oh, there is an organization, and um, I think it's a private organization, and I do not have the story up in front of me because I wasn't going to go into it in detail I'll do the best from memory, but they are uh, planning on or, or floating this idea of putting uh, abortions on boats. And uh, so you would, uh, in the Gulf Coast, they're going to put some kind of ship in the Gulf Coast or a boat or a yacht or something, and they'll pull into, you know, the port in Houston or New Orleans or Louisiana or wherever. And uh, if you want an abortion, hop on the board, hop on board, and they will take you out three miles and perform an abortion. So um, three miles is the, I believe that's the international uh, waters boundary that is uh, recognized internationally. If you've ever been on one of those cruises, I'm not a big cruise person, but I got stuck in Miami. Uh, yes, stuck in Miami for several weeks. Um, and, uh, finally, uh, on one day I said, you know, I, all I've been doing is just, I, I was stuck there, single man. I'm down on the beach. I'm at the hotel. It was, I was waiting, uh, to uh, start my job in South America. And, uh, so we, we were supposed to, I was supposed to fly out of uh, Miami into, uh, Bogota, Colombia and, uh, the, uh, things didn't work out. And so I had intended to go to Miami on a Friday and fly into, Bogota on a Sunday. Well, I was there a couple of more weeks, and so I ended up one day going out on one of those, uh, uh, I think, Bahamas cruises. I don't know. I'll get the islands all wrong. I don't know. But uh, out of Miami, they go to some islands, and uh, so you get on the boat, and you get about 10 miles offshore. Or No, I'm sorry, three miles offshore, and ding, 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 the casinos open and the bars open, and so all these things that were illegal, say, you know, 100 yards back in the water are now legal. And uh, I, I just thought it was very, very interesting and, and uh, that it was, I, you know, I know a lot of people are used to that kind of thing, but it just, to me, uh, it was just very, very strange. And uh, so, it, yeah, that, this is the same idea. So you would have a an abortion boat and... Um, they would uh, then, so you would go down and uh, meet the boat and uh, take off out to sea and have your abortion and then come back. And, uh, you know, I don't know about any follow-up on that. I'm, I know that there are the possibilities of complications 
what would happen if you get a complication on that boat? Is there any way, are they going to air flight you to a, um, to a hospital? Do, uh, do they, uh, you know, there, this is a whole lot of weirdness and, um, but that is, uh, what Satan, uh, what Satan is up to. You know, one of the other things that I've been waiting for, I've been waiting for someone else to say this. I brought it up with Angela. It was, uh, let's see, Monday, two weeks ago, Monday, the last time Angela was in here, or this, yeah, the time before last, and we talked about the fact that was when we had first heard that these companies uh, that are going to Tesla and Amazon and all of these guys, they'd say, well, if we have an office in one of these uh, no-abortion states, We'll just gladly transport our employees out of state, put them up in the hotel room, get their get their uh, get their baby killed, and uh, we'll cover all the expenses of that. And the first time I heard that, the very first time I heard that, my immediate reaction was, "Yeah, of course they would rather you <laughs> they would rather have you not pregnant and chained to your desk." than have to deal with maternity leave and morning sickness and, oh, Billy Jane can't come in this morning. She's going to be late because she's having bad morning. They don't want that, right? They, they'll be nice and sweet about it, and they've got, you know, maternity leave and now paternity leave, leave for the daddy. Um, and uh, it, it, all of these things are expenses added to the company. In fact, when uh, the, the employee has a baby and uh, the uh, insurance goes up for the company, all right? And so the cost to a company, these awesome companies that love women so much that they will, they'll do whatever it takes to help them kill their baby, that you think they're doing that out of a humanitarian thing, then, man, I'm telling you, you're, I don't know what you're drinking. They're doing that because of the bottom line. It is a whole lot, man. They fly you. They fly you out first class, put you up in a five-star hotel, provide a private driver in a limo to the clinic, and back home and treat you to a you know a, a Michelin five-star Michelin dinner, and then fly you back first class. And they're still going to come out cheaper than if they deal with you having a baby while you're at work. That, that's what this is, and, and it just blows my mind that the left, who has been for so many years over and over and over talking about the greedy corporations and, the, uh, and now they're fawning over these companies that are going to fly them out to kill their babies. Listen, this is nothing but greed on these companies. If you think there's any humanitarian in that, there isn't, not a bit of humanitarian effort in that. Um, it is their bottom line, and an unpregnant woman is going to be, I guess I should say, an unpregnant birthing person um, costs a whole lot more than a pregnant, or costs a whole lot less than a pregnant birthing person. And uh, so... Um, I guess, uh, let's see, what it, I thought I had a list of those companies, but I know Tesla is on it. I know uh, Amazon is on it. Quite a few. And one of the things that has been happening is a lot of these companies, especially here in Texas, a lot of these companies are have been given tax breaks. All right? We've talked about this before. 
the uh, state of Texas, and then even their local schools will give them tax breaks. So Tesla, you know, uh, says, ah, we think we'll move to either Texas or Alabama. And uh, they put out uh, two or three states' names, and all of a sudden, all two or three of those states are jumping up and down to see how much they can pay the richest man in the world to bring his company to their state. Did you hear what I just said? There's two or three states are now jumping up and down to pay the richest man in the world to come do business in their state. I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. And then on top of that, so they decide on Texas, and now all these medium-sized towns or big towns or small towns or whatever, they say, ooh, we want Tesla in our neighborhood because uh, it would provide a lot of jobs. And I'm just using Tesla as an example. Any of these companies that are uh, on board with this um, would, would be the same argument. So Tesla um, now is looking for a place in Texas, and all these little towns are going to jump up and say, hey, we'll give you a one-year 5% tax abatement on your uh, school taxes. And the next town says, ah, we'll give you a 10-year 10% tax uh uh, uh, abatement on your uh, taxes, uh, school taxes in this town, and then they'll, uh, and then another town will come in and say, "Oh no, no, we'll give you ten years, and we'll give you sixty percent." And so we're paying the richest man in the world, or the richest people in the world, to come do business where they're going to make a whole lot of money in your backyard, and you're paying them to do this. Now, the uh, counter argument to this is that is how we have to compete because the other states do it right? The other cities do it. And the only way we can compete is to play that game as well. I got news for you. That's not the only way you can compete. If the state of Texas would set up their, their corporate system and their structure system so that no matter what the offer is from any other state, they're going to come to Texas anyway, and we don't have to do anything more than just be Texas. We can just be Texas, all right. Then and and then then we don't have to pay them to come here. They'll look to Texas and they'll say we don't we don't even need to bother with the rest of these guys, all right. And so rather than paying them money, let's set up the system so that capitalism is so free in Texas that every company in the world want any company in the world worth their whatever. They want to come to Texas, and we don't have to pay them any extra. That is pure capitalism. That is capitalism at work. But um, when we start trying to regulate and tax and put all our rules on all of these guys that are coming into town, um, th then, th then you got to pay them to come. And that's when you have to bribe the richest man in the world to come do business in your backyard. By the way, I mentioned this once before. I'm going to say it again for those of you who didn't hear it the first time, but uh, the uh, you're hearing all this talk about bringing, uh, creating uh, microchips or those uh, the little bits in computers here in uh, the United States. You've been hearing about that. We're beholden to China and everybody else on those chips in Malay or uh, Indonesia or wherever they're coming from, Taiwan, and they make them all, and then they come here, and we're dependent on that and. And uh, the government said, well, we got to be independent. we got to start building these, uh, these little chips in our country. I want to warn you, those chips, making those chips from scratch 
is an awful environmental mess. And when the greenies, your friends and neighbors, greenies, wake up to this, it's going to be a fight. Um, everybody's begging for those uh, microchip industries to come to the United States. Just wait till the old hippies get a hold of it. Um, they're going to hate it. They're going to hate it, and they're going to fight it at every step. It uses a tremendous amount of water um, and releases dirty water, and uh, it is not a clean industry at all. And so um, it's going to be interesting when this uh, finally starts playing out. Folks, I uh, got a little scripture for you this morning before we go. This one uh, comes from my my preacher friend, uh, Mike Sublett. Uh, he actually, I guess he, he does call himself Pastor Mike, Pastor Sublett. And uh, this is from Hebrews 12 and 1. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Folks, our, our way, our path, and our race is set before us, and uh, we need to run it with patience. And uh, that's something, patience is something that's been uh, in short supply in our uh, society for uh, uh, in all this instant uh, gratification world we live in. Listen, I, I got an extra special prayer request. Um, good friend of mine and a good friend of the stations and a good friend of this program by the name of Curly X unfortunately found himself in the hospital yesterday. Got one of those little warnings from God saying, you better start taking care of stuff. So Curly's uh, in the hospital in Kerrville. Y'all uh, put out some extra prayers for him. He's going to be fine. And uh, But, boy, we could he and his family could use your prayers. 